this is Sandy. And Randy. And we're here on AT Corner. Being an athletic trainer comes with ups and downs, and we're here to showcase it all. Join us as we share our world in sports medicine. Welcome back to another episode of AT Corner. For this education episode, we are talking about some lateral knee pain. In particular, the IT band. Bum, 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 bum. Ooh, I like the sound effects. I figured I would take your spot today. <laughs> A.K.A. the It Band. Because it's the It Band. <laughs> like, you know, like It Girl. All right. All right. <laughs> so this is a CEU episode. If you guys are listening to it while it is within our latest five CEU episodes released, then it is free. And so is our bonus content. Yes. If you are not, then you can go ahead and purchase it through our partner, Precision AT. Big shout out to Precision AT. Super big thank you. They're the ones who put all the CEUs and everything for this podcast and everything together. And the show notes is also where you will find this bonus content. So yes. before we get ahead of ourselves, why don't we state what we are trying to get out of this episode, Randy? Yeah, so we're going to discuss the role the IT band plays in lateral stabilization of the knee. We'll examine some risk factors that might be associated to IT band pain. We're going to discuss some different treatment options that you can use to treat IT band pain. And then we'll discuss the rehab techniques and injury prevention methods to correct dysfunction associated with IT band pain. Why do you keep doing that? (laughs) I don't know. It's fun. Every time I write IT, the only thing I think of is IT. All right. I guess we're going to start off with our anatomy. You know, it's becoming very consistent. We're going with the anatomy. Let's go for it. And I think it's very important to talk about the anatomy of the IT band because it. I think it's a lot more complex than what people think it is. So essentially how it's been defined just from the idea that, you know, I've been reading about it is it's basically fascia, a ligament and tendon all wrapped into one structure, basically. So basically I should throw this at my... Can these students who are trying to differentiate between a ligament and a tendon and just confuse them with IT band? Yes, (laughs) absolutely. So the reason it's such a complex structure is just everything attaches to it. It attaches to everything, it seems like. You know, it has a high amount of collagen, so it doesn't like to stretch a lot. Like, it's not really going to change its shape very much. Um But I think one of the most important things about the IT band is actually discussing the muscles that attach to it. And of course, everyone knows the big one or the major one that really attaches to that IT band is the TFL, right? And if you divide up how the IT band is, the TFL attaches to those anterior fibers. The next muscle that like kind of gets like forgotten about when you talk about IT band is the glute max. The glute max actually has a large portion attaching to the IT band. Some studies saying up to 70% of the glute max inserts into the IT band. Wow. Right? That's so weird that it's not really, like, whenever you think of IT band, you think of TFL. Exactly. No, the glute max actually utilizes the IT band very strongly. And it really attaches to those posterior fibers and can have a lot of influence not only on the hip, the knee as well. Because when you think about that IT band, where is it going? Where is it inserting? On the tibia. That's right. And in particular, it inserts, everyone knows it, right? We've all been through our anatomy class. 
Gertie's tubercle, right? That's that's the easy insertion. Oh, Gertie's tubercle. But as you read about the IT ban, it leaves you to the question, what else does this does this structure attach to? Because it seems to attach to everything. There are some connections to the patella um, through the iliopatellar band. So now you're looking at, oh, the IT band could influence how the patella moves. And then also what I don't think gets talked about very often is the IT band actually does attach to the femur as well. Hmm. It seems like IT band's very superficial and femur's obviously not. Right? That's what you'd think. But there's actually a lot of deeper fibers to the IT band. And hmm. a lot of them go attached to that linea spara, which is really deep because right. it's like, and it's also posterior. Okay. So you're kind of like, oh, that's weird. But these connections are kind of through other structures. Like it attaches through the intermuscular septum. So that's essentially the structure that divides the biceps femoris from the vastus lateralis. So again, you can see, does it connect to these muscles as well? And then there's also some fibers that have been called Kaplan fibers. And these structures are more distal. It's closer to the knee. And they have them like there's some proximal ones. And then the distal ones are the more thicker. And it's very close to the attachment of the lateral gastroc. So like right by the knee. Exactly. So again, another muscle that could kind of maybe influence the structure. And the reason I bring up Kaplan fibers is not to just bore everybody. But also, too, it actually has been implicated in ACL reconstructions and how the IT band can actually play a huge role in stabilizing the knee in place of the ACL. And they've actually talked about when the knee's like in about 30 degrees of flexion, the IT band is actually one of the primary stabilizers. Oh, wow. Wait, wait, stabilizers like? Like right behind the ACL. The IT band plays a huge role. As in like tibial translation? Yes. Oh, and wow. and And I think a lot of that goes to show you how important the glute max attaching to the IT band is. Because if you, you know, flex your knee to 30 degrees, if you look at that line of pull, it goes right with that glute max. So if the glute's firing, it's pulling the IT band and resisting that anterior translation and uh, internal rotation of the knee as well. Which actually, that kind of makes sense too, because if it's also attaching with the biceps femoris. Yes which is also a big stabilizer in big tibial translation. Absolutely. That makes sense. So Look, it's all coming together. It's all coming together. So now we kind of hinted at it, but why does all this anatomy matter? Why, why did I need to know Kaplan fibers? Like, how is that affecting me? And like I said, it's very important to the stabilization of that anterolateral knee. You know, it does resist um, tibial internal rotation, and like we we're saying, anterior tibial translation is reduced because of the IT band. But then you also will see a reduction in the medial compartment loading. So your knee arthritis people, it tends to be on that medial side. IT band plays a huge role in protecting that. And then, of course, what kind of gets forgotten is the IT band does play a role in pelvic support. Mm-hmm. Kind of like think about the glute mead. Glute mead. Exactly. Right. That's the structure these muscles are working off of as a support base. So the IT band gives them something to, hey, this is how we're going to level off that pelvis. Yeah. I mean, I had someone who had really weak glute meads. It was a dancer. 
and also really tight IT bands and okay. lateral structures. And so that just, the more and more that she went into fifth position, which is complete external rotation of your hips okay. and one leg anterior to the other, like just stacked like uh-huh. toe to heel and complete external rotation. So your feet look like a an, uh, like an arrow. Okay. Um, we had to treat her for trochanteric bursitis just because of that IT band rubbing oh, yeah. over all those lateral structures. Yeah, that's true. And the bursa sitting yeah, there. Big time. So now that we kind of understand why, you know, how important the IT band is and like clearly we've already talked about what it does in movement. I mean, what doesn't it do at this point? Um, now we need to talk about what's putting people at risk of sustaining IT band pain. And it's pretty consistent. I mean, a lot of it is kind of more in uh, female athletes, but it's been pretty consistent that if you find someone who has increased hip adduction and knee internal rotation during the stance phase of running, there's a good chance they're probably going to develop some IT band pain. And it makes sense because when you think of the IT, you know, what the IT band does, right? It's helping resist all that motion. So if you're putting it on a stretch by going into adduction, it's going to compress against the um, lateral femoral epicondyle and it's going to eventually structures are going to start getting pissed off. Right. Like exactly what we were just talking about with my dancer. Exactly. Exactly. Like the bursa um, on the distal end where uh, the lateral femoral epicondyle you know, is you have fat pads that sit under there that can get irritated and just, there's a lot of structures there that will get pissed off if they could just keep, I mean, anybody, if you keep pushing on someone is going to get irritated. Yeah. Yeah. So don't, don't push people. (laughs) That's, that's the moral of this episode is don't push people. Um, so when you talk about, Oh, hip adduction, the first thing you want to think of is like, Oh, hip muscle strength, right? Those abductors are weak. And as we've talked about with other um, musculoskeletal conditions at the lower extremity, hip muscle strength has been pretty mixed. There's not really good evidence that says like, oh, strength's the problem. And it's like what I've said before. When you're doing strength, you're just testing that one moment and you're testing their max ability to resist, right? That's not really functional. You know, if someone was running with their max muscle contraction that'd be very inefficient and you'd get tired and Usain Bolt wouldn't be the runner he is today <laughs> but I think it's more of a motor control thing I think the motor system is just it's not controlling the motion very well there's a delay in firing you know muscles aren't firing at the right time they're not producing enough force I think those are the bigger issues and just doing one moment of strength testing or sorry how the research does it is averaging three isometric contractions i just doesn't you know it's not functional it doesn't give you the full picture and i think that's why those studies show that um another risk factor is having increased trunk ipsilateral lateral flexion so kind of your trunks going towards the side that hurts or the side that will eventually hurt Mm -hmm. and it just shows again poor trunk control and then that shifting it actually creates a dynamic valgus because you're trying to change your base of support as well. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. No, absolutely. So let's move into treating IT band pain. Yes, because eventually, you know, you can't get, you can't prevent it all the time. 
No. When someone comes to you, you're like, oh, I know all about IT band pain, but I didn't actually get to the point where I treat it. <laughs> <laughs> so one one aspect, yes, the athlete will look at you very weird. They'd be like, hmm, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> all right, but I'm still in pain. So one of the things everyone thinks about is stretching, right? I mean, we all do it. We all have our athletes stretch that IT band because, right, IT band could be tight. I don't have my athletes stretch our IT band. Oh, good job. Good job, because you know why? The literature is very against stretching the IT band. Look at that. I didn't even read the literature. <laughs> yes. Like we said at the beginning, right? The IT band is very resistant to stretch. Like, it, this thing does not like to move. Like, the studies that were looking at it, before the structure actually ruptured, it only elongated like 9% of its actual length. Is that an injury? Can someone rupture their IT band? I think it's really hard to do. I was going to say. That's just like a study like, yeah, essentially, like cadaver. It was, yeah. Okay. They basically took it out and like. I hope it wasn't right. someone like living. No, no. <laughs> I Good luck getting that one through <laughs> IRB. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this structure does not want to move. And even if you did get to stretch, the stretch, the effects of the stretch are not long lasting. So why do we see some good outcomes when you tell someone to stretch and it, and the reason that was proposed is because the effects of stretching are probably coming from the tfl well i was gonna say and i always tell my athletes this too like when we're stretching something especially the example that i use the most is the hamstring so if i'm stretching your hamstring and let's say your calf is the one you're feeling stretching i'm not gonna stop yes because you still your calf is being stretched and in order for you to get into this motion, that's the like your calf is the limiting factor. Yes. And so it wouldn't make sense for me to be like, no, 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 I have to stretch the hamstring. So if you're stretching the the quote unquote IT band and you're actually getting TFL length, then keep doing it. Oh, a hundred percent. And again, like this is where sometimes I think people get like frustrated with research is like, oh, well, great. It's saying I can't stretch the IT band. No, if anything, it's now just a battle of semantics at this point is like, OK, yes, we're not stretching the IT band, but maybe we're stretching the TFL. And that's beneficial because the mm -hmm. TFL acts on the IT band. Mm -hmm. And and that's what they've and that's what this literature has shown. Like, OK, so when we stretch, where's that stretch coming from? And most of the change in length when you include the TFL, comes from the junction between the TFL and IT band. And it shows more of a change than the rest of the IT band. I mean, to be honest, the IT band sent the bar real low <laughs> with only 9%. So almost anything's better than that. Right. Well, I always tell my athletes for foam rolling, I don't have them foam roll on their IT band. No, that's well, brutal. First of all, it's painful. That's brutal. And you're not doing anything. No, nothing's getting done. Right. And so when I, when I like change their lives, when I tell them they can just... <laughs> foam roll on their IT on uh, not their IT but their TFL yeah and the glute too you know that's a good because again that has a big connection to the IT band as well and depending on the athlete I can also also talk about how the TFL how to remember it tensor fasciae latte that's it's your coffee muscle that's yeah it is the like, coffee you, muscle you gotta you gotta ro you gotta roll on your coffee muscle they're like what uh, what are you talking about your latte your tensor fascia latte duh <laughs> and then Sandra actually brought up a good point is think about these other muscle attachments, because like she said about the hamstring and like, oh, like I'm stretching my hamstring, but I feel it in my calf. I don't know if you've noticed, but the IT band 
connects to pretty much everything. <laughs> so when you're evaluating someone with IT band pain or even treating someone, you know, look at hamstring mobility. Does the biceps femoris have any restriction? Do they have a history of hamstring strain injury, right? Like that could play a role in how the IT band functions because of that connection through fascia and same thing with the calf, the quads. So, you know, it almost seems like, oh yeah, just throw everything at it. But you know, everything is connected and something is going to benefit them. And that's why you use that evaluation to pinpoint those dysfunctions. Like when you evaluate someone with IT band pain, you don't just look at the IT band and be like, oh, well, I think it's the IT band, (laughs) right? You look at other things to rule stuff out and it can also help guide your treatment. So definitely looking at, you know, how, how does the gastroc move? How, how is its mobility, the hamstrings, like that can all play a role in tension within that IT band, creating that compression, creating that injury. Well, also just when was the last time you told someone to just foam roll one structure? Oh, no, not at all. Usually I'm like, hey, go go foam roller, glutes, quads, hamstrings. Everything. Hip flexor. Yeah. Yeah, everything. Because more than likely they're not, they're not doing it at all. No. So they need to. All right. What are your thoughts on, this one's for the students out there. What are your thoughts on Ober's test? I'm being quiet because you said it was for the students. <laughs> I mean, I think the <laughs> students will like this question. Um, honestly, I can't remember the last time I did Obert's test. So what I thought was very interesting, you know, when I was reading about the IT ban is they really called into question the Obert test. Oh, really? Yes. Again, literature and I, we're just in sync. Yes. So everyone knows, right? Obert test, it's supposed to test IT band tightness. They actually did a cadaver study to look at, does the Obert test actually test the it band and they actually cut a portion like they like the midsection of it cut the it band and it didn't influence hip um adduction range of motion at all okay a deduction yes a deduction Hmm. but they cut the gluteus medius and the hip capsule and both of those showed a more dramatic increase in hip adduction when using over test you know what I use more often? What? Is when I'm doing the Thomas test, looking at if their if their leg shifts laterally. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that. I mean it's if you're already doing another test. I feel like Ober test, half the battle is having them oh my get gosh. into position. Yeah, and just lifting and their like, leg. And like don't you're not gonna fall off the table, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not saying again, this is kind of a battle of semantics. It's not we're not saying, oh yeah, Ober's test trash. <laughs> get it out of here no just we need to define what over test is doing and it might not be testing the it band if they're having pain then it's probably just lateral structures yeah but it could be a nice test of tightness i mean yeah and it could be a test to pair with your range of motion testing like if you do an over test and you kind of get that positive finding like oh a deductions you know restricted well we know that Ober test might be a better test to test gluteus medius or the hip capsule. You can pair your testing with like, oh, well, I tested hip internal external rotation and, and that was pretty bad. So it's probably a hip capsule issue. So we just need to redefine what Ober test does instead of just being like, oh, Ober test, trash, never using it. <laughs> right. It's not testing IT band tightness. So what's the point? No, it has a point. It's just changing that definition. 
Something I do instead is have them lie on their back and have them cross one leg over the other. Like, um, I think the best way I can explain this without like showing it on uh-huh. a podcast is like if you were testing the left leg, you would take your right lateral malleolus and put it on your left LCL. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So like you're crossing over yes. ankle over knee and then and then you just hold their knee in place and you bring that leg, the straight leg, um, into a deduction. And then that, because okay. that, your other leg's out of the way, the bent leg's out of the way. Yeah. So I find it better than Obertest because they're not guarding. Yes. They're not feeling like they're going to fall off the table. And, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. And they also are not like, um, sometimes if you don't like lift the leg over, because don't you have to do it where the... You're, oh, you're yeah. clearing the the yeah, femoral yeah. head or something like that. Yeah, the greater trochanter and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So also, I, oh yeah, that, that's what I meant. I don't. You can't get to the femoral. Head. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But no, that that actually reminds me. Like <coughs> when you do like those tests, like putting them into that a deduction, right? Look at the quality of the uh, surface anatomy. You can see like if someone might have tightness in the it band and i know a lot of people are going to argue like a lot of literature argues about like oh you can't really have tightness in the it band okay but maybe you have tightness around the fascia around the it band that's Mm -hmm. what get either way something might be tight right Right. again semantics look at the quality of that and that's what i do when i evaluate someone who might have it band pain is i look at the quality of that surface anatomy like if you see like the skin get really tight around there and you see like basically a divot between your lateral quad and your you know lateral hamstring um there might be some tension there i might need to work on that right and that can give you information right also shout out to one of my favorite tests noble's test Ooh. yeah the reason we don't really talk about it is just because it's kind of obvious that that's for it band pain right it literally mimics the mechanism of injury right you compress the it band against the uh lateral femoral epicondyle and then just move their leg into extension of flexion and if it produces pain that's you know positive my favorite test i love noble's test unfortunately there's not a lot of literature to give you numbers about how effective it is hmm. i'm just gonna say it's effective and it's awesome <laughs> so you should all be doing it randy is the literature now <laughs> All right, so that's that's our our big TED talk there on uh, stretching. But obviously, we're not just going to stretch, right? We're also going to pair some rehab into this, right? But I think before you go into that, um, our bonus content has more not just stretching, but also working on the fascia itself. So yes, like ISTM cupping. We talk about both of those things. Yes, and I've used both in my treatment of. IT band pain and both I've seen great results. Um, I didn't dive into any of that literature about like the actual like manual therapy uses towards um, IT band pain. So that's why they weren't included in the actual episode. But the bonus content will show you some techniques that, you know, how we like to do uh, treatment for the IT band. Mm -hmm. And it's a bonus 0.25 CEUs. Yes. So that's always nice. That's a plus. All right. Now we can go into hip strengthening. Yes. So. Literature for somebody who already has IT band pain, strengthening the hip, definitely supported. Two thumbs up. 
definitely two, two thumbs up on that. And the reason you can feel pretty good about using that, you know, hip strengthening is those with IT band pain have been shown to have lower hip abduction strength. And like we want to say, we want to kind of preface this that remember that may not be the risk factor. They may not have come in with weakness in their hips, but it's their response to pain. We've talked about it before. The motor system does not like pain, right? So it's going to try and take you out of any position that might cause pain. So if those hip abductors, the abductors are firing too much, well, it's going to put a lot of tension on the IT band. You're going to feel pain. So, hey, we're just going to turn off. Obviously, that's a problem long term. Yep. So we want to address that. We definitely do want to get those hips strong again. But then I would also encourage, all right, after your strengthening phase, what else can we do, right? Work on that hip muscle endurance. And I think this is where a lot of musculoskeletal injury research, perspective studies, all that stuff is going to go, right? It's going to go towards motor control and endurance because what happens when you fatigue? Your motor control just out the window. Things break down. Things don't function right. And they've actually shown this with, you know, doing a long run, a fatiguing run that you get an increase in dynamic valgus. Those muscles start to turn off. They don't like to function because, well, shoot, if you're running like a marathon, (laughs) like, man, everything's going to get tired by then. Right. So I think hip muscle endurance is a big problem. So after you hit your strengthening, go into that endurance phase to help prevent this from happening again. All right. Is that all you have for treating? Yes. Okay. So moving back into, I mean, I guess this could go moving forward, I guess. If you, yes, it for is. prevention, you could be preventing a new injury, preventing yes. it from recurring or preventing in general. Yes. And I think either way, you need to work on your proper training progression. That's always going to be key because one, it's going to influence fatigue, right? If I'm doing, you know, a mile today and then all of a sudden I run 20 miles the next day, which... I'm not kidding. I've seen my kids do this. So it it happens, right? You're going to fatigue faster, right? That's going to make your mechanics terrible. And then obviously there's that significant jump in load. I had one kid before run like, oh, he was doing four miles like on one week, like maybe like, okay, maybe like 10. And then he jumped to 30 the next week. Wow, did he get a stress fracture? Oh, 100%. And you know what my favorite part was? He looked at me and be like, I don't know how this happened. Guy, I told you. (sighs) Yeah, these kids. But right, so making sure that you have a proper training progression, right? It should be gradual. You know, nothing should be a sudden jump in anything like that. And that goes for returning to play after this kind of injury, right? You don't want to shock those, you know, those tissues with too much load too fast. And then the next is... Use those glute exercises. You know, on my outline, I put strength and glutes, but obviously that's more, hey, get them to activate better. You know, use motor control exercises, making sure that they have proper movement mechanics. And then again, work on that fatigue resistance. You know, if they're healthy, those glutes are probably strong. Maybe we transition into a nice endurance phase, right? Making sure that those muscles can hold up for a long exercise duration so you don't have a breakdown in mechanics and again work on motor control we can always be better movers um quality movement you know is very important so making sure it's nice and efficient 
and no breakdowns is very ideal into protecting these tissues. No breakdowns. No breakdowns. And now it's my favorite time of the podcast that we missed in our last CEO episode. I know. Episode. I don't know how we did. I don't know how we did. It, we were just got lost in conversation. What is our action item? Tie it up. IT band connects to everything. <laughs> um, good one. <laughs> uh, and I think that's how you have to treat it. You have to treat it of look at the structures that it might attach to, identify any dysfunctions, work on those, and then, of course, hip motor control and endurance. That should be your focus. That was a good action item. I think it made up for us missing last I time. I think so, too. Um, how many references did you use for this? I think we're sitting around 15 to 20. Okay, nice. Yeah. And those will be on our website. Um, anything that we talk about that we're going to talk about in a second is going to be in our show notes. Um, if you don't know how to get to the show notes, shoot us a message, but you just scroll down in any podcast or YouTube that you're watching on. Um, also in the show notes, you're going to find the course evaluation and quiz, link to the quiz for this. I think yes. it is probably, I don't remember, but it's probably going to be precisionat.com slash... IT band or something. Pain some- or something. Yeah, it's kind of like part of the title in it. Yeah. Put in there. So, yeah. so just check the show notes for that again. There's some other discount codes and stuff in the show notes so you can check out. And also, again, a uh, big shout out to Precision AT. Um, also, if you're like, oh, I listened to all your season one stuff and I want my CEUs, they do offer that as well. You know, you can purchase our season one uh, content for CEUs as well through Precision AT. And lastly, if you are a new first-time listener, we do every other episode as education like this or stories. And next week, we are going back to our stories from Real Athletic Trainers. If you want to submit your own for a future episode, head over to our Instagram, AT Corner Podcast. And, oh, we didn't... Oh, I guess one more thing. Man, our our fine print is getting so long. So long. Um, Our Facebook group, if you want to be a part of our Facebook group... Go to facebook.com slash group slash AT Corner Podcast. And that is all I have. Randy, you got anything else? Nope, that was perfect. Thank you for helping us showcase athletic training behind the tape. Bye.